Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for gathering us once again today to come together, united to pray and bring our petitions before you. Lord, we commit our time to you that you would guide us by the Holy Spirit and help us now, even as we look to your word and pray, Lord. Let your presence be with each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look today to a short passage from uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, and then straight away jumping to verse 13. Verses 1 to 3, and straight on to verse 13. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So what we see here in this passage is that Paul is exhorting us to maintain the unity of the Spirit until we all attain to the unity of the faith. In the intervening verses 4 to 12, he tells us firstly the seven things that unite us, elements that give us the unity of the Spirit, after we enter into the kingdom of God through repentance and faith. Secondly, he talks about the fivefold gift given to the church to bring these people who are given the unity of the spirit to the unity of the faith. So from the day we are born again, we are on a journey of growth in the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith is what brings us to maturity in Christ. Whereas the unity of the spirit is given, the unity of the faith is to be attained or grown into. So it goes without saying that the attaining of the unity of the faith is directly dependent on our receiving, understanding, and obeying God's word. And that's what the fivefold ministry should facilitate so that the saints are thoroughly equipped. Now we can all we all can see to what an extent this is achieved in churches across the world today. Either the equipping of the saints falls short because the lack of minister of the word. All the churches go with one doctrinal emphasis at the neglect of the other. That's one of the reasons why we have different churches with different emphasis. We have good churches doing a lot of good things, but not preaching the whole counsel of God. That certainly hinders the saints coming to the unity of the faith and thereby maturing Christ. But the greater danger is that we may not even maintain the unity of the spirit given to us by the Lord when we come to the Lord. There's a danger of losing this unity and it has implications in our praying for gospel at once or our praying for revival. When we think about praying specifically for kingdom at once, we are in a battle against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. When we pray and seek to reach out to people, we are dealing with people who have been blinded by the God of this world. When they reject the gospel, they are not doing it under the influence of the God of this world. So this battle is not against flesh and blood that people are, but against powers of darkness. So no human wisdom, no human strategy can win this battle. We need divine enablement, and that is why we have been asked to equip ourselves with the armament that is given in Ephesians chapter 6, that we should be fully armed, and then pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Only then can we bind the strong man and release the captives. 
but this praying requires the unity of the spirit. So when the unity of the spirit is not maintained, we have a chinchina armor, which the devil uses to cause us defeat. This unity in the spirit becomes a bottleneck in achieving the gospel at once. So not only Paul is urging us to maintain this unity, even the Lord Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 in the high priestly prayer that they may be one, even as we are one. If the Lord had to pray this prayer and Paul has to exhort us, we can understand that there is that potential for us for this unity to be lost. But because we are not yet fully united in this faith, that is a work in progress, we cannot unite in prayer. We think because we have differing doctrinal emphasis or we have differences of opinion on certain portions of the scriptures, we can't unite and pray together. That to me is a great deception of the devil for his disadvantage. Unity of the faith is something that we, would, we should not be waiting to join together and pray. We may not come to the perfect unity of the faith in all our lives, but we already have the unity of the spirit to pray together. We don't need to be in agreement with every doctrinal position, every interpretation of the scripture to be able to join together in prayers and manifest unity of the spirit given to us. Now, there are many things that hinder us to grow in the unity of the faith. Our scriptural understanding gets clouded because of various veils that cover our faces. Veils of denominationalism, veils of cultural upbringing, veils of nationalism, etc. But as we grow in the Lord, we expect those veils to fall off over time so we can grow in the unity of the faith. But we should not be waiting for that to happen to get together and pray. If you are unable to join together and pray across churches in a given geographical area, we are then not maintaining the unity of the spirit. And we become powerless against the powers and principalities in a given area. Now, there may be a number of churches in a given locality, each having a specific doctrinal emphasis. But all are seeking to grow to a point where all churches can be united in the faith. But because we are united in the spirit already on those very specific seven factors given in Ephesians 4, 4 to 6, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father, then we must be getting together and praying in unity. The reason I mentioned these seven factors of unity is to exclude ecumenical unity, not saying unity at any cost. Ecumenical unity has no power against the powers of darkness. For the unity of the spirit has. As long as we are in agreement on all essentials, decide to be understanding with one another on non-essentials, and seek love in everything, we should be able to unite across churches and pray. Then it will be a gigantic power against the powers of darkness. So this unit is not uniformity. We may disagree on many things, but Paul is asking us to maintain this unity of being humble, gentle, with patience bearing with one another in love and a bond of peace. Now, I believe in united prayer, we are to an extent doing the very same thing, praying together, but in a virtual setup. There are so many churches represented here, perhaps from different backgrounds, but there's one thing that unites us all, a desire to see God's kingdom at once. But in that, in that desire, we must not neglect to maintain the unity of the spirit. It should not be the desire alone that is uniting us, but you are united in the spirit because of those seven factors 
that connect us all together. But if this is replicated in a given geographical area, when people can come together in a, in a given area, different church people coming together and praying, then we'll have a mighty breakthrough. I remember reading a book maybe 20 odd years back about an experiment done in uh, somewhere in South America, I can't remember exactly where, where churches came together and started praying unitedly for a period of time and they had a big breakthrough. The powers in heavenlies were broken and there was a great harvest and a great revival. That book spoke about breaking down territorial strongholds. We have certain places having certain strongholds because of certain type of sins in that particular area. Sometimes it can be a small area or sometimes it can be national. For example, I come from India where I can think of the stronghold of uh, idolatry and pantheism. As believers, if we can come together, humble and repent on behalf of our local territory, specific to the sins of that area, then we can expect God to hear from heaven and above and heal our land and bring hope of salvation. Then we can see the gospel at once happen in our specific areas where God has placed us. And that is a desire that I have and may the Lord help us that we go to that place from not just being virtually gathered together, but physically able to gather together as well. Amen.